can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Other Girls with Valley and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Melanie. And I'm Jerry. And we are having an emergency meeting for the Anti-Abortion Social Club. Yes. So um, this is an emergency meeting that we're having. Um, As many of you know, the leaked draft of the opinion uh, put on by the court, the SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, has been um, circulating the interwebs. And I know everybody has a lot of questions. I know I had a lot of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I know that when it first happened, I myself, I was super excited. I was like, we did it. (laughs) Um, I had random friends who people who I hadn't like talked, like texted in almost years, text me and be like, oh my goodness, did you see this? Like, it was such a great feeling. It was exciting. And then it kind of like left a little bit because then I started to think critically about the implications and about just what all of this means. Um, so I really wanted us to talk about it. As you guys know, Melanie is our international pro-life um, correspondent. And um, Jerry is her boyfriend, as well as a very prominent pro-life activist. He's done a lot um, in his state in Texas, which is kind of the blueprint of um, good, um, what you call it, uh, anti-abortion legislation. So we're really excited to have them on. We're going to talk about a couple things. And right now, I think everyone listening, go ahead and share this with all of your friends, with your anti-abortion, um, oh, what did I say? Circles. <laughs> Circles. Well, or, I'm sorry, with your pro, with pro-abortion, Alana. Yeah. With your pro-abortion, a lot of friends. Your liberal you, as you, friends and your pro-abort Alanas. We're trying to find yes. a name that would go along like with liberal Lizzie. Yes, yes. Pro-abort. But I think this is... Abigail. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think Alana. Either way, share with your friends that you know that are pro-abortion and also share with your friends that are anti-abortion um, so they can have good arguments. I want to, before we get into some questions that I wanted to talk about, some things to discuss, I want to kind of set, um, I guess, a framework or groundwork on this discussion. Uh, this is a serious topic. As I always say, this is not a political topic. It's a human rights issue um, that has been politicized. With that being said, um, you know, when we have these conversations, Melanie, Jerry, and I, all three of us are Christians, and this podcast is a Christian podcast, so we're always going to speak the truth to you in grace and love, as the Bible calls us to do. So we're always going to try to make sure that we are speaking the truth no matter what, but we're also 
we're not here to condemn people. We're not here to make people feel as if they have done the most unforgivable sin. Because we know once you repent, it's over. It's done. God has forgiven you as far as the East is from the West. So that's not what this conversation is supposed to be. This conversation is just supposed to be debunking some myths, talking about what happened so we can better understand it. And then also too, lastly, at the end, I do want to talk about like what we can do as anti-abortion activists, as part of the anti-abortion social club, what can you do to make a difference? Um, Mallory, yes. can I add to that what you've said? Please do. So I think so often as pro-lifers, I, I know I've c- continued to do this, is that I wait to share the, the resources till the end of the conversation or like at the very end of getting to know somebody and conversing with them about abortion or their abortion experience. So I just want to share right now some national you know- resources for anyone listening. Maybe you've, you, you or someone you know has dealt with miscarriage, pregnancy loss, or has experienced abortion. So these are some good information, um, to write down, keep in your phone. So there's uh, optionline.org for anyone who you know who's considering abortion, for anyone who is considering abortion but just needs some financial aid to to not choose abortion, to choose life, just needs help paying bills or buying that car, letthemlive.org offers good financial aid. For anyone who's pregnant or parenting and needs to get connected to local resources around them, doesn't know where to go, standingwithyou.org connects people with the resource that are, resources that are around them. For anyone who has taken the first abortion pill, regrets it, and wants to reverse it, you can go to abortionpillreversal.com. And for anyone who is post-abortive, wanting to seek healing after abortion, supportafterabortion.com is a great website. And lastly, the last resource I want to share is if you're, if you're, Local Planned Parenthood is about to be shut down and you're not going to know where to go. You can go to findahealthcenter.hrsa.gov. So that's going to lead you to the local federally qualified health centers near you that offer everything Planned Parenthood offers, the abortion industry offers, minus abortion. So I just wanted to share those resources, starting the conversation so people already know where to go, where to tell their friends, where to tell, tell their loved ones to go to. Thank you, Melanie. And that actually is really good. And I think that also just kind of starts off the conversation with, we really do care. Like, I think we we can talk about all, all the misinformation out there online. Um, it all comes from the, uh, not all of it, but it, people have a huge misconception that we don't care, but we do. Like, we that's why we're speaking up is because we care. Um so yeah, that was good. And there's a couple other things too um, that we can continue to talk about throughout the the episode. All right, y'all, let's get into it. So first thing, I want to know what were your thoughts when you first found out? Like where where were you when? <laughs> you know, I know people have said like, don't compare the moment you heard about the SCOTUS league to moments in time similar to 9-11. And we're not comparing this to, you know, a significant moment in history like that. But we can say it is a significant moment in history of its own. And it's, it's in the o- history books. Yeah. And it's okay <laughs> to say like, yeah, I remember where I was. Like, I think that's okay so jerry and i were actually together Together. i don't don't remember (laughs) what we were doing i think watching a movie and since jerry is just very much plugged in with all things 
pro-life legislation in Texas, he, I guess, got a group text. And my first reaction was confusion, like not understanding what the opinion meant, not understanding if that was good, what it would just what it meant for the pro-life people, if it was good, but not not good enough. So that was also too thing for me. I, if you don't mind, I'm just going to stop you right there really quick. I want to talk about that because I had a conversation with someone and they thought that it was like an opinion piece. They didn't understand like what opinions are. So what happens is um, the Supreme Court hears cases well in advance and then they have time to sit down and decide how they're going to vote. And the person who is leading that um, particular case, they will write an opinion on if it's, so let's say it is uh, 6-3, which this one will probably be. And as far as we know, it is. Um, Justice Alito, for example, he wrote the opinion. He wrote why he thinks that um, Roe should be overturned. And then a couple months later, um, if it came out when it was supposed to, a couple months later, uh, whoever writes the dissent uh, or whoever is the leader of the dissenting group, they will write a dissenting piece. Um, So it's not like it wasn't just like a Politico didn't write an opinion piece about what they think is going to happen. It was the actual opinion written by Justice Alito who was saying why he believed that Roe should be overturned. And that's why it was such a big deal because it's not supposed to be out before because, um, you know, the judicial um, branch, there's the judicial branch, legislative branch, and the executive branch. They are all supposed to be working like, Oh, this is the Illuminati. But they're all supposed to be working like this. Um, and they're not supposed to uh, be political. Like the judicial branch is not supposed to be political at all. Um, we are not part of the Illuminati. Um, please do not start that rumor. Hey, you're doing, you're doing all these pyramid <laughs> things. I'm just making fun of it. A little. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I just, you know, this will be clipped one day when um one of us is running for office and then, um but yeah so the judicial branch is supposed to be nonpartisan so that's why this is such a big deal um because of that but anyway melanie can you you can continue yeah so that's where i was and that was my initial thought jerry what about you Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, late Monday night, you know, even later on for you guys on the East Coast. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's just, really it's slow. very striking that the timing of it for sure. But my initial thoughts was, okay, what does this mean? And I like to look at things from the, you know, top down perspective or, you know, like overhead, like a UAV flying around the battlefield, you know, just to see everything that's going on. Um, yeah, we actually had uh, we actually had suspicions that it might not be late June uh, at the end of this thing. It, it was a very it was a it was a possibility that they would have just um, released the opinion officially earlier uh, in terms not not in terms of politically without getting into the weeds. Sorry uh, to to affect the uh, midterms or not to affect the midterms. So, for example. Um, what we're seeing in the media and, and all these, you know, pro-abortion activists, you know, riling up. And it's basically riling up the pro-abortion base uh, to motivate mm-hmm. them to get more votes. But since they're getting all their energy out now, you know, a few months before 
uh, the midterm elections in November. Um, yeah, we're, it's very interesting. But yeah, I, when I first, when I first saw it, I, just, I was just standing up and looking at my phone like, Melanie, uh, this just happened, you know. And, but yeah, it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy turn of events that no one, no one could have predicted because it's never been uh, in the history of the modern, you know, times for SCOTUS to, you know, for this to happen. And it, and it is an integrity issue too. And you could probably speak more on that. Yeah, it definitely is an integrity issue. And, you know, we'll talk kind of about the leak and then we'll talk a little bit about debunking some myths and just about like what's going on. But from the leak perspective, it is an integrity issue. And like you said, this has not happened during modern times. Um, and whoever, hopefully they will find out who did the leak because it was actually very, um, it was dangerous for the justices, if we're being honest. It's dangerous for the justices. It's dangerous for our country as if we're not already on edge. And then um, number three, it just takes away from, um, like, the Supreme Court is sacred. It takes away from the, not the bubble, but, like, the, I guess the bubble that they have when they can talk freely amongst themselves, when they can discuss things, when they can really sit down. Because these justices take their role seriously. Whether we agree with them or not, I do feel as if they take their role very seriously. So having someone, some people are saying it could have been, they're saying it more than likely was a clerk. Um, and I will link a podcast I listened to. They said that they think it could have even been, um, well, I don't want to name the justice, but a specific justice's clerk. I don't know how they got that information, but that's what they're saying. Um, but if they aren't able to do that in the future, that's very detrimental to uh, the fabric of our judicial system. So it's a really, it's a really big deal. And like I said, at first I was like, oh, this is great. Wow, look at that. And I even thought <laughs> that maybe they, they linked it on purpose because I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> 2020, the election went on for like a week. I remember they boarded everything and they had all the stuff up and they were ready for a riot. But then because it went on for so long, people like calmed down. So I was like, maybe they're trying to do that with this. But, you know, after thinking a little bit more about it and hearing different people's opinions, I'm like, oh, you know what? That's probably not it. It's probably a nefarious reason. Um, and Jerry, you made a very good point. Oh, excuse me. You made a very good point when you said that um, they, what did you say? That I was like, oh, that's a good point. Oh, that they could be tiring themselves out. Because, I mean, so much can happen between now and the midterms. I don't, if anyone's watching North Carolina politics, I'm not going to get into it right now, but a lot can happen in a couple of days. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's kind of in our favor. But I know that, for example, the um, primaries, North Carolina's primary ends May 17th, early elections going on now. Um, I know for the primaries in many states, um, it is very, People are, are like on edge for that too. I know here in North Carolina, they're very they're talking about it. The other side. No, um, Mallory. Okay. How about yeah. tell us a little bit from your perspective as a former intern in SCOTUS? Like, what can you say from that perspective? Yeah, yeah. So I interned in the clerk's office my um, junior year in college, and I know for a fact that it is very. I mean, most people cannot go into SCOTUS I will also say like they don't even do tour uh, they you have to know somebody to do a tour so like if just you don't have the capital you can just kind of go however whenever they don't do that for SCOTUS you have to know someone someone that works there has to um do the tour for you so 
it's a very like lockdown. One day I left my badge and I had to go through all of these different things to get in. Yeah, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's I mean, it's not it's not a joke. It's not um it's not uh it's it's very surprising that they would have um, that it would leak because they do take security very seriously. Um, we do mm-hmm. have, so the clerk's office is the public. So that's the other thing too. So the clerk's office is the public facing office. You can't just walk up into um, knock on a justice's door and be like, hi, it's not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, can I, and then, you know, someone's in the background, like, um, someone's blocking the door and then someone's you know taking screenshots of the that's not how it is there you could i hate to say it but you could probably do that at a in the capitol as a matter of fact you can do that in the capitol but you cannot do that in the supreme court so it had to have been an inside job um which is very concerning and um i'm sure everybody that is the actual clerk interns for the different justices i'm sure they are on the edge of their seat the interns in the clerk's office um they're probably like oh this is so exciting like what's going to happen because i mean we when i um ran into uh justice sotomayor and she just smiled as i like walked to put something away but that was like the most interaction i had with any of them um but when you are a clerk for a justice i mean you're there in their chamber you're there all the time like so i'm sure it's i'm sure it's locked out and i think i think it's possible that they will find out who the leak was um at first i was like oh they're never gonna find it but i think it's possible because they're gonna have their best people on it and this isn't like i cannot stress enough how bad this is this is really really bad because um well, I will say, but I will say this. I feel like the abortion topic is the most controversial topic. I can't think of anything else more controversial. I mean, not even gay marriage. And, you know, we're not going into that right now, but I, gay marriage isn't even this controversial. So people aren't, like, with abortion, I feel like people are acting out. They're doing, they're writing, they're doing so many things that people don't do for any other quote unquote political issue. So it still sets a very bad precedent. Um it's just not it's not good. It's not good at all. Um I don't think of anything else in regards to the leak. Um hopefully we'll know who it is though. I listened to a podcast, they were like, hopefully we'll know within 48 hours. And I was like, it's definitely not gonna be 48 hours. That's very optimistic. That's optimistic. Um it will not be 48 hours because whoever did it My dad was like, they probably got lots of money. They probably did everything to cover their tracks. Like, it's not, Mm. this is not, like I said, it's not someone, oh, Melanie, block the door. Okay, I'm taking pictures. It's not like that at all. I'm taking pictures of the opinion. Give me a signal when when someone comes by. It's not like that at all. It's not like that. No, just Um, just someone sending an email to the political editors and it was just yeah and you yeah and you have to like you have to be privy to that and i mean even our first day setting up as just a clerk's office intern it was 
this is that I had to get fingerprinted. Like this, it was a serious, like this internship. And once again, I cannot reiterate how not lowly, but like, I mean, I was a junior in college. Like I hadn't been to law school or anything like that. So like, I, this is how intense it was for me. It's way more intense for the people who are actual clerks to justices at the Supreme Court. So it's, it, it's a very serious offense. Whoever did it is definitely going to be disbarred. Like once they figure it out, that's it. Like er, you're done. Your law career is over. Um, someone I was also listening to said that they could probably do like circuits because people do think that person was a hero. I'm not quite sure why, but um, they do think that person's a hero. They probably can speak at colleges or something, but that's that's about it. Um, okay, so let's really get into like some of these arguments. Um, but before we do that, I did want to say something um, really quick. Like I said, as Christians, um, this is a Christian podcast. We're going to come at everything from a Christian perspective, as well as philosophical and um, logical. But I want to say um, from the YWA, their chapter lesson about the sanctity of life, they have a couple of verses that talk about why it's so, um, why life is important, how we know that God values life. I'm just going to say the verse, I'm not going to read the whole thing we've been going for 20 minutes already um genesis 1 talks about how god created us in his image um male and female um genesis 9 6 where um it talks about how god uh is upset when um another when another person takes away someone else's life and that shows how he values life if he's going to be upset when another person takes another person's life. Psalms 139, 13 through 16. It talks about um, God gives us life before birth and he cares for the preborn. Uh, Jeremiah 1, 5, how God has a purpose and a calling for all of us before we were even born. God knew us. He understands and he values us before we were even born. Um, and then, yeah, the last verse, I don't the connections i'm not gonna mention it but um those are just some verses that you guys can listen to or look up once this episode is over um as we move forward so one of the things so now let's get to some myths and stuff one of the things that um is i'm pulling up because i sent them to melanie um last night one of the things i'm just really disappointed with is i just feel like there's so much misinformation they're so, people are just sharing these really, oh, I mean, always, but I'm just very disappointed. And like, I have some friends that are Christians that I'm just very shocked um, that they are like sharing things that are just straight up false, false, just straight up false. Um, so let's talk about, actually, let's talk about um, ectopic pregnancies first. Let's do that one, because I feel like I see that a lot. Um, my brother actually sent it to me, uh, a tweet to me about it. He was like, wait, is this true? I was like, it's not, it's not. So let me read to you the tweet and then we can discuss it. Um, sorry, one second. So this person says, just so we're clear, the pregnancy that ends up in the wrong spot, like the fallopian tube, the one that will never turn into a baby and will rupture and kill your wife, daughter, or sister, terminating that fetus is also an abortion and they want to ban those too. So that's not true. Um, Melanie, do you want to discuss it first? You want to? Yeah. So the 
the question of life of the mother, health of the mother is a very common one. And I think what's happening right now with the misconceptions, with the tweets, the misunderstanding, this was exactly what was happening when the heartbeat law took effect in Texas. Like we were hearing the exact same thing. So I think now we're just hearing the exact same things on a national level. People are saying these same arguments. So uh, live action made a really cool graphic. I think today they posted it that it says ectopic pregnancy treatment does not equal abortion. Abortion is the intentional ending of an innocent human life. An ectopic pregnancy is when a preborn human implants outside of the uterus. So most of the time, that preborn human would then be planting, implanting in the fallopian tube. And just a fact is that women who are on hormonal contraceptives or birth control have way more likely to have an ectopic pregnancy than women who are not on hormonal contraceptives because one of the methods to prevent a new life from implanting is by slowing the movement of the fallopian tube. So that would then unintentionally cause, intentionally, unintentionally cause a preborn human to stay in that fallopian tube. So if that new human were to continue growing, and we know that if that that fallopian tube keeps growing with the possibility of rupturing and causing hemorrhage, bleeding in, internally in that woman, a, a pro-life solution would be to remove that tube outside of the woman, allow for that preborn human to die by unintentional means, because the purpose of removing the tube was to intentionally save the life of that woman with the unintentional cause of that, of that preborn human dying. But it wasn't an abortion, which is intentionally ending the life of a preborn human. So that is a pro-life solution that I've heard of. That's a possibility. And I always say, you know, a good doctor is going to save as many lives as possible. A good doctor is going to help both mom and preborn child. So I don't know about you, abortion advocate, but that's the doctor I want taking care of me and my preborn child. So that's just something to consider. The science shows that women, even if they have one fallopian tube, they can still get pregnant. They still have their fertility. So it's not a fertility loss. So that is um, an alternative and answer that you can give to those. She has a dog. That's the dog. Yeah, that's my doggy Manolo right now. Um, Yeah, that's an answer you can give to those who are saying, well, if we make abortion illegal, what about women whose lives are at stake, the women who's, who are having ectopic pregnancies? Another thing to consider that I learned of recently is that, imagine, the place where new life is supposed to be implanting is in the uterus, is in the endometrium, that uterine lining that we shed every month when we were not pregnant. That lining that builds up every month is is there for the sole purpose of a new life implanting to give that new life nutrients and a home, essentially, and that then later becomes the placenta. So if a new life is 
is if that preborn human is in the fallopian tube and didn't even make it to where they're supposed to be, sometimes that preborn human is already dead. So then sometimes women who miscarry have an what we know as an abortion procedure to remove the already dead baby. So for example, the Texas Harpy Law, other places with similar laws aren't stopping procedures to remove an already dead preborn human. So same thing with an ectopic pregnancy. If that preborn human is already dead, it's not an abortion. It's simply removing the, sadly, tragically, already dead human life. So some things to consider, some things to say in response when you hear that next time. I know it's, it's, it's trippy. It's, it's a hard thing to navigate. But again, I just always fall back on, you know, I want the doctor that's going to save the most amount of lives and sees mom and baby as two patients as equals. Yeah, that's a perfect description. Jerry, do you want to add anything? Well, it's hard to follow up behind that, but... I know. I'm like, <laughs> what else can we add? <laughs> yeah, but I, I like to always, I always just emphasize that it's, it's not, it's not an exception. Like we, we, we know, we know to be truth that we are human from the moment of fertilization or conception. And I firmly believe with medical advancements and technology uh, at the pace that it's, you know, you know, advancing uh, that, that we will have, we will have um, procedures that would be able to, you know, maybe re-implant uh, the oh. embryos, you know, from the fallopian tube into the correct place in the uterus. Uh, until we get to that point, oh, uh, Melanie is, is absolutely correct. Uh, that nowhere that I've seen, even uh, national, nationally, and I don't think any of the national groups or other state groups take that position that outlaws all all abortions in that in that regard. Um, and it's very it's very, we need to be making it very clear that the argument that these folks are using is to try to justify to make it justified to do the other. 97% of abortions, which is elective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the majority of it is uh, reasons people give uh, is because of, you know, financials or, or, you know, not, not good in terms of um, situations. It's, it's nothing, nothing remotely even close. Life to, yeah. So, so they're, they're trying, yeah. they're trying to play the emotional card. And I just want to remind your listeners to just be strong and don't, don't really, you know, buy into that because, you know, they're just, they're just playing into that to try to shame folks. And, and to be honest, it's just because they're not, they're not educated in the, in the issue themselves. They're just basically regurgitating, um, mm -hmm. talking points that they hear that the abortion yeah. lobby is trickling down. You know, they they have, they're, they're yeah. really good at that. And it's, it's, it's not good, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what, what do you call the abortion complex? Yeah. The, what do you call it? The abortion complex? What do you call it? Abortion industrial industrial complex. complex. Yeah, I want to add to that what Jerry said. Of yes, it is an emotional card, but also it's a real card. Mm -hmm. So I do take the time, like when you're dialoguing, acknowledge, say I agree with you. That's a really difficult scenario if a woman's in that. 
you know, agree, acknowledge that that's real and that's hard. And then you can respond with the talking points that I shared a moment ago. And then you can get back on the topic of the other 97% yeah. of abortions. Yeah, I think what you both said is right on. And I'm just going to reiterate it so I can say something, so I can talk. Um, but I think it's, it is an emotional topic. And especially when we're talking with women, we also do want to show compassion when we're talking about it. We also want to make sure we're doing facts. And like Jerry said, they're kind of just regurgitating what they have heard the abortion industrial complex say. Um, I, one thing I loved about what Melanie talked about is she talked about the scientific part. And let's be honest, none of us learned that in school. I don't care what school you went to. <laughs> nope. Maybe if you were homeschooled, none your parents were very comprehensive about that. None of us learned that in school. Um, I'll be, everyone, uh, tons of people listening. And you know what? Some of my friends that are Christian, that group Christian in a bubble as well, that are now kind of pro-choice. You didn't learn this in school. All we learned, egg, sperm, baby. And don't do it. <laughs> That's all we learn. So when you do more research, when you learning, when um, you're learning more about um, fertility and about women's bodies, you're able, you can have these type of conversations and you can, that was such an intelligent response because you also just gave facts. You spoke facts. It was, um, you talked literally about what happens. Um, and I doubt if you were to have that conversation, it's hard to have, say all that in like a Facebook post. So it's going to be hard <laughs> to um, say all that with like online. But, you know, when you have a conversation with someone in real life, um, I think it's good to know these things. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that. <laughs> no, it's true. And sadly, I mean, the pro-abortion people who are saying these things, what about atopic pregnancy? They're not thinking about what I just said of if the pre-born human is supposed to be in the uterus, are you sure it's, it's alive most of the time if it's in the fallopian tube? So it's just not all the time that that human is alive in that part of the body where it wasn't supposed to be. So People just, they're not thinking about that. No, they're just sharing <laughs> graphics on Instagram. And that's why everyone listening, it's so important for us to be educated. It's so important for us to at least be able to be knowledgeable about these things and just say, like, have um, a little bit of research, a little bit of knowledge. Also, too, um, we're going to get into more. But one thing that I've had to learn, um, and I think everyone should also realize is like sometimes you just don't know the answer like people have given said stuff to me and i find it it's it's better to be i personally think it's better to be like you know what i haven't heard that argument before i don't know give me some time to look it up or if you really want to just stop talking it doesn't you know they might go hi i got them but it doesn't like it if it, especially if it's online it really doesn't matter like it's not <laughs> It's not the end of the world. Um, another thing, a myth I want to debunk, or at least talk about, and we should have done this first if we were going in like chronological order, but I want to talk about what's going to actually happen um, if Roe was overturned. Um, and I'll go first and then you guys can go. Because, um, yeah. So abortion is not going to be completely outlawed. It's not like um, every abortion facility is going to put up their signs and say, oh, we're no longer here. Um, it's not <laughs> like that at all. It's not like, be nice, yeah, no, no, no. That's, <laughs> we would love that. That's what we advocate for personally. But for those that are listening, that's not what's going to happen. All that's going to, yeah. the day of, nothing's going to change. <laughs> Absolutely nothing's going to change. All that's going to happen is the, um, 
it is the power is going to go back to the states to decide. Now, Students for Life has a graphic that I will post. I might just do a full-blown blog post about some of this stuff, too. Um, but Students for Life has a graphic um, out that has a couple of states that have what they call trigger laws. So the states that have trigger laws, they abortion will be outlawed there. Um, I believe all nine months for some of these states. Some of these states are more of heartbeat type things, but um, they will be. So it's states like, just so you guys are aware, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, Montana, half of Arkansas, don't really know how that works, half of Oklahoma, all of Texas, North Dakota, South Dakota, Indiana, and Utah. Um, And there's some that have laws um, that will, there's like life at conception laws, limited or no protection by law. So there's a lot of states like that. North Carolina is 100% one of them. We actually um, had a, sorry about that. So we have in our um, state Congress, we actually have a Republican majority and we tried to get a heartbeat bill passed and our governor, who is the worst, vetoed it. Um, and a Born Alive Act. Um, passed and he vetoed it even though it was voted on but anyway that's beside the point um so these are that's what's going to happen when it is overturned so i just want i think a lot of um especially the night of i i did not i think i went to bed at like midnight and if you know me that's way late like that's because a i was like excited b i was also like oh my goodness what's everybody saying on twitter and there was just a lot of hyperbole on twitter um and i just want to assure if someone's listening and you are pro-abortion i also kind of just want to assure you that like you know you don't have to i I saw what it was like all you women if you have a, a app that tracks your cycle delete it now delete all the data it's you don't have to do that you don't have to be afraid of um interracial marriage ending you don't have to be afraid of women's uh right to vote ending nothing like that like that's this is it's um all it's doing is putting the power back into the states it's not it's not this big all like we're excited because okay we're one step closer but our job is not done like pro-life activists we if anything it's going to be a little bit harder maybe not harder but it's it we still have things to do yeah. Ooh, I don't know if you want to move to a blue state, but if you're in a blue state, you want to be more vocal. Yes, yes. And if you're in a purple state, so, like North Carolina's a purple state, you need to be voting. Okay, sorry, go ahead now. Yeah, what I want to add to that is this isn't the Supreme Court, you know, changing what was a good ruling. Right. This is the Supreme Court saying, hey, we got it wrong. Right. And this isn't the first time that this, that SOTUS has said, hey, you know, we ruled on this thing and here we are in the future and that was a wrong ruling. So the things that Mallory mentioned, like women's right to vote, interracial marriage, those aren't going anywhere. Those are morally sound, okay things. You get what I'm saying? So the, the, the in, invisible ink written right to abortion mm-hmm was always wrong. And I, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, the Trent Horn podcast, Council of Trent, and he mentioned an example of there was a, a ruling of of um, that students did not have to salute the flag 
And then three days later, SCOTUS, or three years later, SCOTUS said, actually, that was wrong. Yeah, you do have to salute the flag. So this isn't the first time that, that the Supreme Court has said, actually, let's backtrack. That was a, that was a wrong ruling. So yeah, I just wanted to share from that perspective that this is the court, you know, righting a wrong and it's not going to affect the things that are morally right. Right. Um, and, you know, I'll give an example, the Plessy versus Ferguson. That is something that was a separate but equal that they had in the Constitution that technically Melanie, Jerry, and I, we all wouldn't be even really be able to do this podcast. We wouldn't even really know each other um, if that wasn't overturned. I know. I know. Crazy. Uh, we wouldn't even really know each other. Um I guess we probably would because we all are minorities, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> things have been overturned and it's not going to affect. And even let me see if I can pull it. I just remembered um, it. He even said it doesn't affect like word in word for word. He said it does not affect. Um, it's not going to affect other things. I think Titus shared it on. Yeah, I just wanted Instagram. to give a, a brief shout out because. I'm just amazed at how really like rapid response, quite literally, the like, Students for Life and all these other organizations have been on top. Yeah. It's been, it's been a couple, it's been a couple yeah, late students nights. Students for Life, Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, Rehumanize International. Live action. They've been out there. Live action. Yeah, so really quick, um, in the opinion that was out, this is what Justice Alito said. And to ensure that our decision is not misunderstood or mischaracterized, which is exactly what they did, we emphasize that our decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion and no other right. So he foresaw what has happened. And obviously, you know, they don't care. So they're still saying it. But I just want to add, that's a myth I wanted to, like, burst. I want to us to say that that's something that i keep seeing people are like oh we're gonna lose our right to vote you know the woman's right to vote wasn't in the constitution that's what someone said woman's right to vote isn't in the constitution and then it was like "Ooh, that's awkward it's the 19th amendment that's that's really that's really <laughs> uncomfortable it's actually the 19th amendment. i bet somebody could have shared the tweet and said who who's gonna tell right. <laughs> anybody <laughs> so yeah so that's one of the one um that's a myth um let me see is there one that you guys can think of right off the bat i'm gonna look up the rest um some more that i sent you well um something that a pro-abortion person shared with me is before making abortion illegal, that pro-lifers or pro-birthers, as this person said, should first be putting the systems in place, like pay family leave, more health care, put systems in place before you even think about making abortion illegal. And I said to her, you know, you bring up an interesting point. For example, here in Texas, we have what's called the Alternatives to Abortion Program. Previously, this fund was $80 million, and the last legislative session, the Texas legislature increased this program to $100 million. Texas so this is $100 million. Yes. So this is $100 million going towards things like pregnancy resource centers, um, 
prenatal birthing parenting classes, maternity homes, foster care programs, adoption agencies, anything that's literally actually an alternative to abortion, this funding can go towards that to help new moms and dads. And I also shared that in Texas, we have approximately 250 pregnancy resource centers throughout the state. And so though we're not, we don't have, you know, government paid family leave, or we don't have other of these systems that this person was imagining, we should celebrate what we already, what we already have, like what the systems that are already in place, a hundred million. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of money. Of money. 250 places, that's a lot yeah. of places. So Anyways, I just wanted to share that of maybe people are thinking like, well, what about all the moms and where, where are you expecting all these women to go? Well, I can, you know, speak for Texas that Texas has been preparing for that post-row America and for an abortion-free Texas. Like we have as a state, the legislature has been working towards this and preparing for how are we going to help the influx of pregnant moms, the new parents, the new babies, and they've put the systems in place to help. So I just want to point that out that there are resources available. So maybe that's a myth, possibly, if people are thinking, what about all the help pro-lifers? What are you going to do? Women are still going to want abortion. You're right. Now do your part. Do your part to help the moms and walk alongside her throughout her pregnancy and beyond. Um, I remember hearing Abby Johnson talk about when, when the heartbeat law became, when it became law that you know, pro-aborts were thinking women and babies are going to be crawling into dumpsters with their eyes hanging out. Like, you know, that they make up the most gruesome scenarios that everyone's going to be poor and mentally unwell and addicted and living in violence. But you know what's really going to happen is women are going to say, okay, I'm pregnant. I have to take responsibility for my actions. What are my resources? And the pro-life community needs to be the ones to step up, fill in the gap, and tell her where her resources are. That's the reality. That's what's going to happen. And yes, it's going to be hard, and it's way easier said than done. But that's what's going to happen. Women are going to say, okay, abortion is off the table. This is no longer an option available to me what do I got now? So yeah, I guess that's just another yeah. myth of like resources are available. And the, re the, the websites I gave at the beginning of the, of the show are, are websites that you can go and you can find what's near you. So things are there. And if, and if pro-abortion or pro-life people, like if you care about, about pay family leave, if you care about, I don't know, subsidized childcare or other things like that, that are, that people maybe on whatever political spectrum you are could agree on, then tell your representatives. I think if you're, if you're pro-abortion, pro-life, whatever, if you care about those things, you want to help pregnant and parenting moms and dads, tell your representatives. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like if you really care, then do something to help the pregnant and parenting moms and dads. And that's something that I think, um, I've seen a lot of people who would consider themselves pro-abortion. They really aren't, um, you know, they, they don't go to pregnancy resource centers. They don't, um, they aren't really advocating 
or doing tangible things. Because that's the other thing too. Let's do tangible things. Um, I think protesting prayers for sure, great things. I'm not against those, but there's also tangible things um, that you can do. And I think this is a good plug for pregnancy resource centers in general. They're going to need our help. I mean, they're going to be over flooded mm-hmm. and people don't understand the law in general. The average person, you guys are already a step ahead of the average person. The average person thinks, let's say the they overturn it on June 10th. The average person thinks that they're going to go outside. They're going to see all of the abortion facilities boarded up. They're going to see, they're going to go walk down the street yeah. and they're going to see people, you know, in back alleys. That's what they think. So when someone does get pregnant, they're not even... I doubt they'll even think about trying to find an abortion facility. Um, And abortion might even still be legal in their state. So pregnancy resource centers are really going to need our help. That being said, yes, you know, you don't have to necessarily donate your money, but you can do what's to say in the time, your time, talents and finances or something like time, talents, resources. You can donate all those things. Um, Time, talent, treasure. treasure. Time, talent and treasure. So, yeah, that's just a plug for that. Um, and I think that is a, a good myth to bust, too. Um, and I also just want to add, like, I think now more than ever, at least I'll say for myself, I'm 27 years old. I'm unwed. I wouldn't say I'm the most financially stable person at this moment as we speak. Uh, I'm also a minority. Uh, I'm not just a minority. I'm a Black woman. If I were to get pregnant right now, um it would probably be a circumstance that I did not have control over. Okay. Um, This is like, people are now understanding and coming to the realization of how important community is. This is the time where your community comes in and helps you. I'm realizing this now as, like I said, as a 27 year old, how important community is. I'm not in that situation with an unplanned, unprepared pregnancy. Um, but I'm seeing in unprecedented times, as we've all been living the past two, almost three years, in these unprecedented times, how important your community is. So when a situation like an unplanned pregnancy happens, this is why community is so important. This is why you need to be a part of a church. This is why it's so important to find that group of people because we only we can only get through this, work through this, together like we can only the only way we can get through a lot of things is together i mean i'm sure you guys have seen those videos of people who've had unplanned pregnancies and then like their whole friend group helps raise a child type of thing and yeah that's not ideal you know it could be confusing for a child you know they have a you know 10 parents all of a sudden um but that's that's the best that is a good way to do it because you we cannot do these things alone. So yeah, that's my two cents on that. Melanie, did you want to or Jerry, y'all want to add something to what I just said? Um, I do. Kind of piggybacking off of the alternatives to abortion program that Texas, excuse me, that Texas has. Ooh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> that's, that's me slouching. Anyways, um, about about a little over half or almost half of all births in Texas are actually covered, um, I think, full expenses, uh, you know, pre, pre, uh, prenatal and all that kind of stuff by the Texas Medicaid program. So the only reason it's half is because the other half of 
of women that are giving birth, you know, are, are on insurance and our, our, you know, family is making, you know, above way above, you know, average kind of thing, but it just, it just speaks volumes, you know, Wow. you can, you can use those statistics, like, at least in Texas, you know, if you're ever in these comments saying like, Hey, did you know this? And then it might, you know, it just throws their argument for a world world whirlwind because, you know, they just don't know what they don't know. And yeah, I've, I've, I've seen a lot. And Mel, if you <laughs> go on Melanie's page and look at all the comments, it's like one person was commenting saying like, Oh, how, how come you don't do all these things? And Melanie would very politely and, uh, you know, respectfully you know, answer and then just ask a question. And then the person literally commented, say like, Oh, I'm not gonna answer your question because I know you have something to back it up. So it's almost like they're, <laughs> they're admitting, they're admitting that they don't want to fall for, you know, like a, a trap in their eyes because they know that they don't have anything to back up their arguments. So don't believe them for mm. them for a moment that, you know, they don't have the high, high moral ground and it's all based on lies and, and, you know, pseudo pseudoscience is what they say, but they, they truly are just making it up as they go. Mel, you want to add your two cents? Yeah. What Jerry's referencing is I, of course, I'm sure every pro-life person right now is getting a lot of traction on your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, pages. And so I, I was getting a lot of comments from pro-abortion people. Normally, my comment sections are pretty quiet or filled with loving people. And, and I choose carefully where to put mm-hmm. my energy towards, like Mallory said earlier. Sometimes, y'all, just mm-hmm. put the phone away. It is okay. You do not have to respond to everybody. It is okay for your well-being. Because in order to, to pour into other people's cups, you got to make sure your own cup is, is filled and poured into. So it's okay to not put your energy towards every comment ever. Anyways, but I've been putting my energy towards these comments because of recent events. And um, like Jerry's saying, I've been very respectful, responding log- logically, scientifically, and with, you know, just respect. And yeah, the, it's, they're coming from a place of emotion. And I'm ask, I was asking very logical questions that I encourage everybody to ask of like, when do you believe human rights begin? When do you believe um, life begins? Do you believe the preborn are human? Do you believe the preborn are alive? Do you believe abortion should be legal all nine months of pregnancy? Just ask good questions and it helps you to understand what this person is thinking, their their opinion on abortion. And then it helps them think through their position of, am I in favor of abortion all nine months of pregnancy? Actually, yeah, it does make sense. Humans become pregnant with other humans. So yeah, it's human. And oh, well, it is growing. So I guess it is alive. And Hmm. Okay. I guess abortion is ending a human life. I don't know, really know if I want to be associated with that anymore. And so ask good questions because the purpose is you're trying to find the truth together. I'm not trying to like trap someone and say, ha, I gotcha. I know the truth, but if I'm wrong, if the data and science and everything's wrong, prove me wrong and let's have a conversation about it. So I just encourage everyone with all your comments and DMs filling up, ask good questions, get to know what the person's thinking and you're on that journey of finding the truth together and you know what it is, but they don't. 
So you got to be gentle and loving. So yeah, that's been recent events in my comment section on some Facebook posts. And um, I just always end conversations with pointing people to a post-abortive resource and um, also directing them to abortionprocedures.com. I always I say, doing that too. if uh, I, I tell like, okay, well, um, I, I always encourage people who support abortion, check out this website so you can learn about how abortions are performed. Now, of course, I don't know. I'll never know till I get to the pearly gates if people actually took the liberty to, you know, watch those videos. But that's that's my part. That's my sprinkling of the two cents and doing my best to have a good logical comment. And here's another thing to think about too: when you're engaging with these pro-abortion people in your comment section, people are reading mm-hmm. what you're saying. People are scrolling, even though they're not liking, they're not retweeting. They're reading what you're saying. So be careful what you're saying, how you're presenting yourself. I think sometimes it's okay to give some sass. I give, I've been giving a lot of sass on Twitter. (laughs) Sometimes I'll give sass in my Instagram comments because, you know, I like, this is a topic I care about and that people are just, if they're just there to, you know, be silly, then fine. I'm going to give some sarcasm back, but to the people who maybe show some genuine interest, then I'm just trying to be respectful. Anyways, use your best judgment in conversations. But yeah, I'm just saying, sometimes it's okay to just give a little sass and then also be mindful that people are watching Mm -hmm. what you're saying. And maybe there's someone who's in the middle who doesn't really have an opinion either way, but they're looking at how you're arguing. They're looking at your logic. They're looking at maybe that, that scientific link that you put that you're referencing so just something to think about in your conversations online to piggyback off of that i just want to add um i saw this quote years ago and i try to always remember that it says um something along the lines of as christians um our goal is not to win the argument our goal is to win someone's soul so if by you winning the argument you've broken someone down and you know they're in the corner crying and like they're like oh i hate god then i'm like you lost like that's not you made your point but you lost so like as christians when we're having these conversations you know sass i think is fine um when someone's an obvious troll sure sass no big deal but you also just have to remember that like our goal is not to own the libs um and our and you know also too facts over yeah feelings. like that's not necessarily <laughs> the goal because here's the thing about facts over feelings yes i like once you're in yes facts over feelings but like people care about feelings like that's what i learned this last election i've i've really been thinking about that like facts over feelings facts over feelings but people care about feelings. Like I know I don't respond well when you're mean to me, when you say um, certain things, when people say certain phrases, I don't respond well. I'm not going to listen to you. So why are we doing that to other people? Um, One thing that people say too is, well, they're doing that to us. I don't care if they're doing that to us. That doesn't matter. Like, is it right or is it wrong? Is it wrong to be mean to people? Yes. So why are we going to do it? Um, And then I also want to add to, when you are having these, when you decide to speak up and speak out, especially on social media, I think it's really good to like decide, are you trying to change someone's heart and mind to make abortion unthinkable? Or are you just trying to gain um, support? Um, And what does that mean? 
that's the difference between and I'm gonna say it. That's the difference between close your legs if you don't want to get pregnant. And you know what? I'm sorry that you're going through that situation. Yes, there's so many things that happen um, in those situations. We have pregnancy resource centers. Is there something I can personally do? There's a difference between saying those things. So you decide which person you want to be. One person doesn't get tons of likes and one person doesn't get tons of follows, but one person does change someone's mind and one person doesn't. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to add that to sense. Um, do with that information as you will. And yeah, I, and I'm going to piggyback off of that, Mallory, because who? let's say you have the follower, the friend, or the per, the girl who does say, you know what, I am in a pregnancy, in, I am pregnant right now, and I don't know what to do. Am I really going to go to the person who told me, just close yeah. your dang legs? Or am I going to go to the person who's been polite, respectful, loving, Maybe a, a queen and a, and sassy on some posts here and there, but and always you know was real cares. and showed the reason. And that's the other thing too. Going close, yeah. that doesn't you, it shows you don't care. It's not it's not helping. And so, and so that's why I, I said earlier, if someone says, "What about the the women who are in, who whose lives are at risk?" Yeah, acknowledge that. Say, "Yeah, that's a scary scenario to be in." Or the what about all the teen moms? Yeah, I, I I think that's that's really hard. If you're a teenager, you're still growing up, and now it's time to become a parent. Or what about all the women who aren't in good financial situations? They're in poverty, or their baby daddies left them, or they're trying to finish school, etc. It's okay to acknowledge that and say yeah. you're right. That's a hard scenario, and I want to help her. I want to walk alongside her. So, yeah, it's it's be real, like acknowledge that and people like when you agree with them because when you you can agree when you can say yeah i have common ground with you those are hard scenarios and they're real and that's and that's really difficult to be in people start to like you and say wow you know this person is reasonable they agree with me yeah they think i'm smart and so it's just it's, it makes you real. And something that I always like to say is people don't care about how much you know until they know mm-hmm. how much you care. I'm going to say it again. People don't care about how much you know. You can have all the science, the data, the statistics, whatever, to back up the pro-life position. But people don't care about how much you know until they know mm-hmm. how much you care. And you can say, do whatever you want to say. But if that person um, does not make that choice when it's their time if they still decide to have the abortion then that wasn't i mean your whole argument everything was pretty much for naught. um and i want to one more thing i wanted to add that i cannot remember now um just be kind you guys like always speak truth and i think that's one thing that i really i really want melanie and jerry on because i knew that they speak truth but they speak it in love and that's just whenever we're talking with conversations um and i always tell um people when when we speak um when brooke and i speak at different colleges and high schools we always say like this conversation is a very tough conversation and you got to speak the truth in love or it just no one's going to listen. Um, and you can't, you can't sugarcoat things, but you can't be mean about it. Um, so yeah, so I, I guess that's all I wanted to say on that. There was another myth. Um, I want to talk about the, and I kind of sort of touched it, um, back alley abortions. I want to talk about that. Um, Ooh. 
That's a good. Mm-hmm. Melanie, do you want to start? Unwoke um, narrative posted something about it that I wanted to read, but Melody, you can go ahead and say. Yes. So back alley abortions or unsafe abortions is probably what a lot of people are saying right now. And it's an argument that pro-life people have always heard that you're not making abortion illegal. You're just making safe abortion illegal. Well, let's back up a little bit. Let's look at the history of the term back alley abortion. What does that actually mean? Well, Prior to 1973, Roe v. Wade um, and what was it, Doe v. Casey, um, that before the legalization of abortion in the U.S., the same types of abortion procedures were happening in the same types of facilities. Women were just being let in through the back door rather than the front door because things were happening illegally. Hence the phrase back alley abortions, because people were being let in through the back alley. So that's where we get that phrasing. And something that I always say is, is, is when people say, you know, people are still going to have abortions. You're right. People are always going to break the law. Mm-hmm. And that's just life. People mm-hmm. are We human. have sin. And, you know, sexual sexual violence is yeah exactly sexual violence is illegal and rape assault incest it still happens um theft is illegal theft still happens you know insert uh, you know um i guess public uh, intoxication is illegal people still go out and drive drunk you know these things are illegal yet they still happen but i would rather have these these provisions in place than to not. I would rather have rape be illegal than to make it illegal so that it's safer for the Mm -hmm. the perpetrators. Like, I would rather have, you know, public intoxication be illegal than to have more drunk drivers on the road. I would rather have theft illegal rather than knowing, well, people are still going to steal, so let's just make it safer. So maybe those aren't good parallels, but you can understand the the, the sentiment, the ideology of things are bad things are still going to happen. People are always going to break the law, but let's not make it easier for them. Let's not open the door and say, you know what, it's going to happen anyway, so let's just legalize it. So similarly with abortion, yeah. Sadly, girls are probably going to be doing um, at-home abortions, self-managed abortions, as they're calling it, and it's not going to be safe. They would rather potentially, you know, uh, perforate their uterus, infect themselves with sepis, and, you know, in the life of their preborn human, than to be safe and well and find the pregnancy resource center and, and community resources around them. So, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's a tragedy. But we believe as pro-life people that pro-life laws work. And we in Texas can look at when the heartbeat law took effect versus when it did not take effect. And we can just look at the data of the amount of abortions that were happening. They reduced. That's how laws work is, is people then say, oh, it's illegal. So I guess I can't do that thing anymore. I guess that means it's wrong. And, you know, 
I've heard it said before that like legality and culture go hand in hand. Like culture can change law and law mm. can change culture. So if the culture is saying, hey, abortion's not okay, abortion should be illegal, then culture can change the law. And once law, abortion becomes illegal by law, then people start to say, the culture starts to say, oh, you know, I didn't think about that. I Well, it's illegal, so I guess it's wrong. I guess there's a reason why it's illegal. It must be wrong. So something to think about and a good talking point, like I said, is, yeah, people are sadly always going to break the law. But, you know, the word safe abortion isn't entirely true because a preborn human successfully, their lives are ended in every single abortion. And there are chances for women to have mental mental problems, mental wellness problems after that abortion and physical problems such as infertility after an abortion. So is, is abortion ever truly safe? I don't think so. So something to think about and some things that you can possibly say when you're responding to yeah. that. Message. I can't back piggy on that because she said everything perfectly. <laughs> back piggy? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying piggy to make sure the listeners are tired. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say, like, uh, right before I, I got home, I, I had, was just coming back from touring uh, a maternity home. And this particular oh, maternity really? home was, was just was really quite amazing. They had a war, uh, not a ward, sorry, a, a wing, a wing for the teen, teen moms, uh, you know, both expecting and, and already mothers. And another another building, another house for you know adults, and it was just really amazing just how many people were there to support. And it, it surprised me when uh, the person said like, yeah, if you if you have any girls that call, you know, please refer them. You know, we are we are not even near capacity. It just goes to wow, just goes to show lovely. you that like we are ready, and especially in Texas, like. Yeah. Through the funding, we're ready, but we, we want to, moving to Texas? right. We want folks to not only copy us, but we want to share, you know, those values of of being in supportive networks. And yeah, it was just it was just uh, you know one of those highlights. You know, working as a pro life lobbyist is actually seeing the the works in hand. You know, and uh, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh yeah, unfortunately, I had the correct Melanie because. She said Dovey Casey. She's basically she was she meant to say Dovey Bolton and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. His versus, yeah, yeah. Oh, in my head so. I felt like that was wrong. Oops. Oops. I felt like it was. I, I. I mean, when I said it, I. I also felt like something doesn't feel right, but I know the word Doe and Casey is correct, is and yeah. I've heard the word Casey. Yes. So to back up. Roe versus Wade is the court case that legalized abortion. And later that same day, um, Doe versus Bolton is this, is another case that was ruled on the same day that made abortion court. legal all nine months. So they're the and, sister cases. And Planned so. Parenthood versus Casey, which I yes. believe was 1993, uh, reinforced Roe v. Wade, but it also got rid of the whole... Um, concept of viability in the sense or no excuse me it, it got rid of the whole concept of trimester um so it, it completely completely updated in turn you know using the science or so 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 science of um what they had in you know the 70s versus 
versus now. So really just, you know, there's three, there's three, those three main cases, which would all be, you know, axed when Roe v. Wade is overruled because it's basically the foundation for those other cases that were built on top of it. But I just wanted to clarify that in case anybody was, uh, keyboard warriors. Um, thank you both. I wanted to, I'll, we'll talk about like what we can do and then we'll do closing arguments. Um, and then we'll end it. But I want to talk a little bit about like what we can do. Seems like Texas, um, pretty much has it all covered. Uh, the rest of us, we do not have these type of things, uh, in place. Um, it's amazing that Texas has that. That's, I mean, I hope that the people who are leading in North Carolina, um, the legislators are talking to people in Texas. I'll have to do some research on that because, I mean, th that's amazing what Texas has done. Um, but the rest of us that don't live in the state of Texas, um, some things that we can do. I want to remind everyone, specifically North Carolina, our primary is early voting is right now. Uh, it ends May 17th. That is the last day you can cast your vote. Um, our Senate race is one of, one of, if not the most important Senate race of uh, 2022. And here's why we are, this conversation is the reason why um, who you vote for for Senate makes a huge difference. Um, if Donald Trump, President Donald Trump did not have those three um, justices confirmed during his time, we would not be where we are today. And how does he confirm them? He has to go through the Senate. So we know that the Senate, like whoever our Senator is, is so important. You guys, like seriously, when you go to the primary, please, please, please pray about who you're voting for and take it very seriously because there are 16 people running when we all know it's technically only three. Um, but, you know, pick the person who can win a general as well. That's another thing too. We have to, North Carolina is purple. We have to win the general. Um, but that's just a North Carolina specific. In a broader sense, though, everyone just pay attention. Um, we cannot miss this election. Um, Jerry mentioned how some people think that this, the leak could affect midterms. And I think it could as well. At first I was like, because my friend, uh, when we were talking about it before the leak, she was like, I think we're going to, um, so she asked me, she's like, do you think that it's going to be overturned? And I was like, yeah, I think it's going to be overturned. She was like, and you know what? I think if it's overturned, we're going, it's going to cost us the midterms. Um, cause people are going to be, so they're going to want to come out and vote. And you know what? It's possible that people, a lot more people will come out and vote. You know, I'm no like profit or anything, but I uh, predict this will probably be the highest voting midterm we've ever had, but it still won't be a lot because people just don't come out for midterms. Um, but my point being, like, if they're coming out in drones, we need to be coming out in, like, three times that drones. Like, we cannot lose the House. Um, well, we don't have the House. We cannot lose the Senate. We don't have the Senate. We have to We have to win, you guys. Um, and we see why it's important. Also, too, your local, uh, for your state, your state elections are this time, too. North Carolina, we have our mayor and our city council. Um, uh, sorry, Met, Met County. Um, some places in North Carolina, they already had theirs um, last year. But like in Mecklenburg County, we have our city council. So these are really important and your voting really does make a difference. That's something that I really think that um, 
I think sometimes we take for granted or we don't think about because it's midterms because, you know, there's no big should do with, you know, Donald Trump and someone or Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton. We don't have all this. It's not as big should do. So people aren't thinking about it. But this time you let's all think about it. Um, the other thing I want to say is what's happened is another call to action for us to pray. Um someone pointed out, it was like, it's just the opinion. And I was like, you're being so negative. It's not just the opinion, but it it is like, the reality is anything can happen. Um, and I don't know if, um, if anything these past two and a half years have taught us is that literally anything can happen at any moment, nothing ever. (laughs) I mean, we can't predict a lot of the big major historical events. So anything can happen. So we need to be praying. We need to be praying for the justices, I'm sure that first night was very scary, especially for people with like Amy Coney Bear. I was thinking about her. I was like thinking about her children. Like, that was probably very scary. They probably had to, I don't yeah. know. I'm guessing if it were me, I would have, you know, called my husband, get the kids out of the house now, go to some island somewhere and just be there for a little bit. Like I'm sure it's very scary. Um, and even people who just have a spouse or who has parents that are still alive that they care about that some people on the internet might know where they live. So these are just things we can be praying about and praying for bravery um, that all the justices that voted uh, to overturn Roe will stick with that. I will say we'll know if you, if they don't and they'll look like weenies. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully that embarrassment will like keep them from like changing their mind. Um, So fingers crossed on that. Um, but so yeah, um, anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, I definitely agree with you that we need to pray for the justices that they will not be swayed and that the Lord will put a hedge of protection around them and their families. And I also want to echo what Mallory said about voting. I, every opportunity that I have to vote, I go and I vote, like no matter how local of an election it is, I go vote. And it's really, I value it so much because I think about that there was a time in our country that as a woman, I didn't have the right to vote or I wouldn't have had the right to vote. And I think about it too, as a Chicana, as someone of Mexican American heritage, similarly, wouldn't have had the right to vote. And so every opportunity go and take it go and vote this is your right and go and vote for the Mm -hmm. pre-born and vote pro-life first so i want to mention voting and i also want to mention that if you have the time to go volunteer at your local pregnancy resource center at the local maternity home with the local pro-life ministry go and volunteer if you have that time depending on your state of life Maybe you're in a different state of life where you don't have the time, say that. but you have the treasure. You're, you're further along in your life. Then donate to the local pregnancy resource center. Donate to the local maternity home. Um, something that I've been doing that I, that I feel so good about when I do, and I think it's okay to say I feel good about it, is uh, instead of donating my old clothes, my old gently used, like they're not... They're, they're pretty close um, that I no longer wear instead of donating it to my local thrift store or Goodwill is I've been donating it to my local maternity home where I know there's teen moms. And so I know they'll probably yeah. appreciate my clothes. So 
maybe that's something you can do. That's just an idea that I would love for other people to start doing. Cause then maybe you can't give your treasure, but you can give those treasures. And so again, maybe donate to a lot of cities have like coalitions for life that they organize right like 40 days for life campaign. They organize a sidewalk presence out there. Sidewalk advocates go and maybe donate to your local, your local um, coalition for life. And if you have the time, Go and pray outside of the abortion facility. Abby Johnson, a former director of an abortion facility, Planned Parenthood abortion facility, has said that when there were people praying outside, that the statistic, the, sh- the no-show rate skyrocketed, that a lot of girls didn't show up to their appointments simply because there were people And you don't have to even talk outside. to them. If, now you, if imagine, you're comfortable, you can literally just pray. Yeah. You can literally just pray. Go ahead. Yes literally just pray and so what i was going to add to that is now imagine if there's people who are just praying and there's people who are advocating and trying to hand out resources like imagine that there's already that no show rate and then the few girls that are there and there's and and if there's the people who can give out the information try to have conversations like chef's kiss (laughs) ideal scenario so maybe you can go out and pray. And I really feel convicted in scripture when the Lord says, you know, can you not stay and pray with me for Mm. one hour? And so I think of that and I think of going to the sidewalk just for one hour to give to the Lord, offer that up for the end to abortion to help these moms. So maybe it's, it's, I know you feel more comfortable praying at home or praying in your car rides. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but some, but you know, the Lord doesn't call us to live a life of comfort. He asks us to get uncomfortable to and to get uncomfortable for him. So that's something, again, another thing that you can do is to go and pray. So I mentioned your time, your treasure, your prayer, um, and your talent. If you're still in school, I definitely encourage you to start up a pro-life club, get connected with students for life. And, um, Use your talent. If you're, if you want to be a doctor, be that pro-life doctor. If you want, if you're interested in becoming a nurse, maybe look into midwifery, maybe look into becoming a doula. Y'all, I gotta say, there is a whole industry of pro-abortion midwives and pro-abortion doulas. Now that is shocking. Yes. Yes. Who will, who will support women throughout their like at home toilet bowl are you six abortion like these there are and they'll they'll be with them and help them throughout their abortion procedures so there there's clearly a need for pro-life healthcare workers there's a need there's tons of of people in the government school systems that are pro-abortion teaching the children so if you feel called to be a teacher go be that pro-life teacher if you feel called to become a lawyer go become the next pro-life lawyer and who knows maybe one day you'll be uh sitting with the other justices (laughs) so so use your talent in the pro-life movement because there's pro-abortion people in all those spaces that I just mentioned. So we need pro-life mm-hmm. people in all those yeah, spaces. Yeah, I guess last last thought is uh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So just to mm, reiterate what Melanie is saying is, is this is our time to shine. And I, I remember, and I didn't tell you this, Melanie, but I remember like that night, that Monday night when it did break, I immediately thought like, are we prepared? Like, is the, is the pro-life movement prepared for, you know, what is going to be maybe a few weeks of just really hard spiritual warfare and just ugliness. 
And, you know, I don't think I would be able to be doing this job if I didn't acknowledge, if I didn't have a true understanding that this is a battle, a spiritual one. Um, It is, it is a moral and ethical and, you know, it is, it is the most important issue of our time. Um, And to always just be mindful and to be taking care of yourself mentally, spiritually, uh, emotionally, and physically. Um, but yeah, no, 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 this, this isn't our time to, to, you know, just be quiet and just let things blow over. No, this is, this is when we go full force and we need to go all in because people are talking about it versus, Mm -hmm. you know, just regular news cycle when, you know, our, the algorithms aren't, aren't in our favor. This is, this is our time to really, truly push out those resources. And I just Mm want to reiterate again to those that are listening that it is an incredible moment in time to be a part of this. Uh, Melanie and I have been um, dating and, and, and being involved in the pro-life movement for a little over three years, but there's, been, there's people that are, have been in this fight for since the, almost the very beginning and for mm-hmm. decades that, are, that have been waiting for this exact moment in time, have been working towards this moment. And if we're not there to seize it, if we're not there to capitalize on all their hard work that the pro-life movement has, you know, made strides in and, and working towards, then we're truly, you know, not not fulfilling what needs to be done. And so I just want to say to rise to the occasion and to reiterate, sorry, I keep saying reiterate, let me, um, uh, to emphasize that we are ready, that we are the post-Roe generation and um yeah just to just to speak truth yes and i just want to <laughs> i guess emphasize what you said about the spiritual battle um aspect i think that um we really need to be prayed up and i know that's something that i need to work on is realizing that this isn't when we're out on the sidewalk when we are um out if you go to love life um, if you go to love life, um, if you are online, we're not fighting against um, the person. Like it's not uh, Instagram user two two six is not who we're fighting against. We're fighting against the spirit. <laughs> we're fighting against the spirit <laughs> that is controlling them. Yeah. We're fighting against principalities. principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's Ephesians six. Um, Somewhere in there. But yeah, I just, I like that you said that because that's something that I think we have to remember. And I like what you said about the God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Also, too, something that we said in my Bible study, it's kind of sort of on the same vein, but I keep thinking about it. So I'm going to say it. Um, God doesn't call us to be good, he calls us to be holy. So um, take with that what you will. Like, we're not trying to do good works good things um we're trying to be holy and in being holy and going in after god in that aspect we are doing good things you are standing up um the holy thing is to be a voice for the voiceless proverbs 31 7 and 8 that's the holy thing to do um and in that you're doing something good uh i also want to add like if you um if you can try to find other friends to do things with you, I'm adding this because I just uh, had this. I just remembered also too. There's probably going to be a lot of um, 
protests and things like that, I'd encourage you to go with a group of people. If you're going to go, don't go by yourself. Um, I know that it can feel like, yeah, we got this. We are prepared. But be mindful and cautious. And if there's any, I know a lot of people are getting death threats for just saying pro-life statements. So always be safe with that, too. Um, That's just something I feel like I should add. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to close us off? I do. I, I mean, I okay. love I love you mentioning scripture. So I I just briefly um, duck duck goad. Uh, I I said <laughs> devil is the master of, and then I just searched, and the first thing that came up was a quote by C. L. Hall, who is an American psychologist. Uh, psychologist. Anyways. Um, yeah, psychologist. Yeah. His quote. And he was like a, a math, mathematic too as well. But he says, the devil is a master of disguise and takes on many forms. He comes to conquer you, steal your joy, kill your spirit, and destroy your faith. When you are doing right, he attacks you from the left. But know that God is all-powerful and God is in you and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I mean, that's not scripture, but, you know, it, it is... It is very true to He's form. saying things from scripture, though. No, if I'm forming it, you shall prosper. The devil come to still kill, and destroy. That's all scripture. That's good. Well, fantastic. Send that to me when you get a chance. Yeah, send that to me when you get a chance. I think I might quote that and put that on the page. Um, no, that's good, Jerry. Thank you. Do I get a, do I get a treat? Um, you get uh, your name. We'll, we'll add your name to the description. Before we were just going to say some guy. Now we'll say Jerry Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the girls and some guy. What I want to want, want to add is that I know that Jerry and I we've talked a lot about Texas and what Texas has done, and and this is where I am and this is home. So I, I don't know the mindset of a pro-lifer in California and New York. I can't even begin to imagine the battle that you are fighting in, in those kind of, of spaces and places, or even <laughs> the country, the countries, the States like yeah. Mallory described that are purple County. States. Yeah, like I yeah. can't imagine what that's like, but I do want to give you hope. That, there, that it is possible, like I said earlier, that culture can change law, law can change culture, and it is possible. Remember, there was a time when slavery was legal. There was a time when interracial marriage was illegal. That wasn't allowed. Jerry and I could probably have not legally dated and one day gotten married. His parents, his 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 uh, white Jerry dad, Korean mom, like probably wouldn't, wouldn't have, have happened, or even my... Oh. Yeah, Jerry wouldn't be here. <laughs> so I'm just making it like like personal or practical. Like like there was a time when these things weren't legal, you know, in interracial people in, in schools, like sharing the buses, that that those things like that's how it was. That's how society was. And I think it's it's a similar concept with abortion that we one day even in the places, God willing, like California and New York, Oregon, Washington State, whatever, that one day, hopefully, we can look back at the time of when abortion was illegal and we can say, and we can have the same reaction like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was ever legal. I can't believe that was ever a thing. I can't imagine 
still having legal abortion now. Like, cause we have that same disgust when we think back to, oh my goodness, you know, Martin Luther King, he had to work so hard. Like, why was all that happening? That's, it seems like common sense that like you would, you know, just have equality for all humans. So I just say that, that, you know, there was a time when people, when people probably couldn't imagine like, no, the buses are always going to be this way. So, so quit talking about this. My, this is my bus, my bus seat, <laughs> my choice, or my, my, yeah. my school, my choice. Like people probably really, yeah. my, my marriage, my choice, like that they didn't, that they were so in that mindset of this is the way it's always been. This is the way it's always going to be. And this is what the people want. And, you know, then there were the people like us waving our hands and saying actually no this is wrong and you know martin luther king other other people who helped to abolish you know the slave trade they were radicals they were looked at like what are these people doing it's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen nobody's gonna remember these people it's it's they're never gonna get what they want because it's us our bus our our marriage rights, our school rights, et cetera, you know? And now we look back and mm -hmm. we say, how was that ever a thing? How did people ever allow that? So I just want to give that encouragement again for wherever <laughs> you are, that's not Texas <laughs> and the other, and the other states that have the, the trigger laws set in place that it is, that the, it is possible because it's been done before with other atrocities that should have never happened, but happened. And then people, they, they spearheaded, they fought, they encouraged other people to be voices and, and step up to become leaders, to fight for the vulnerable, to fight, to make right what's for all humans. And they won and they did the darn thing. And we, and you, wherever you are in the U S. Hey, hey Mallory, did you get a chance too. to see the clips that students for life um, put out there that was at our, our alma mater, Melanie Nye's UTSA. I don't think so. Oh, was you, it, you need to put that today. in the description. I'll, I'll send it to you because okay. people need to watch yeah. like just the lunacy of, of the mindset that the pro-abortion people, you know, even speaking to uh, Faith, who is the Texas Regional Coordinator with Students for Life, when she went up there and she says, as a black woman, you know, like life begins at conception and all the people Yep. And someone who got her master's in biology. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, it, it's just it's just so lunacy and it like makes you, you know, really know that we're on the right side of truth and they're just being lied to. Yeah, and so we can compare that with the people who thought, no, we need slavery. Slavery is always going to happen. Slavery, the my right to own a slave is always going to happen. My right to sit in this part of the bus or my right to or not even be in an inter how inter um, integrated black people school. consider three of a person. Just like the preborn aren't considered fully yeah. human. And look at us now. Literally look mm -hmm. at us now. That the that that there's people who who thought no, this is my right. And I'll always have this right. And now, you know, we're like, what were they thinking? Oh my goodness. Can I give one crazies? last fun tidbit as a reward yeah. to the listeners yeah. that made it this long? Sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is just, this is just <laughs> fruit for thought. Or food for thought. I don't know, whatever the phrase is, but um, I'm always the kind of person that's, uh, and I was just talking about this with my roommate of, okay, you know, the, the fact that they dropped, they did the leak you know, Monday night, you know, what else was going on? What else was in the news? So I always, you know, we always like to go to like the second page, you know, of, of news articles 
But if you do your digging, you do your research, around this same time was when uh, Pfizer released their annual reports. I knew you were going to say that. Uh-huh, their annual reports uh, from the last year or so. Um, but also, it's, you know, it's, it's very convenient um, timing for that. Interesting. Interesting timing. Interesting. Interesting timing. Hmm. What a coincidence. <laughs> but that's a, that's a discussion a for another, another episode, I'm sure. Yeah, that's that's another episode, but that's just something I don't know. <laughs> Look into it. Every interesting. What a coincidence! What a coincidence! I think there was something else. The Met Gala was going on, and then something else happened that night too. I, I think I saw somewhere. Like it was just—it's weird timing in general. If we're being honest, it's weird timing. Ohio mid midterm elections. Oh yeah, Ohio midterms elections. A lot of things are happening around that time, but. Anyway, friends, thank you so much for coming on. And everyone, thank you so much for listening, for making it this far. I really hope you were able to share this with your um, friends that were pro and anti-abortion. I think we had some really good arguments to discuss with your friends that are anti-abortion and some good arguments um, that you'll be able to use with your friends that are pro-abortion. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, Tell everyone you know, your grandmother, your grandmother's cousin, your great uncle's neighbor, and your friend's dog that goes and runs away sometimes. Tell everybody, everybody you know. This is really important. Um, And if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, Melanie is a great resource. Um, As you know, she is very knowledgeable. Uh, You can message the Instagram page or you can message Melanie personally. Same with Jerry. Um, Jerry, do you want to share your Instagram or no? You can find it through Melanie's. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, literally you can because, I mean... Are you serious? Uh, (laughs) Is he not in your bio? I was gonna say yeah. a lot of couples do the bio thing. No, <laughs> I'm underscore aren't you underscore sharp underscore three. Okay, so yeah, so you can reach out to any of us um, and men. Men step up. I'm glad we had Jerry on because this is a conversation we didn't get a chance to touch that aspect either. But we can touch that another time. But this is a conversation that men um, are allowed to be a part of and should be a part of. Um, so we're really glad to have Jerry on there. Mm-hmm. Because guess who who voted in favor of legalizing abortion in 1973? Go ahead, guess, guess, guess. Seven white yeah. old. Yep. Men. So it's interesting that you know it's it that's interesting. Another food for thought. Another food for thought, uh, or fruit for thought, as Jerry said. <laughs> um, <laughs> as Jerry says. Well, everyone, thanks again for listening. Um, all hearts and minds clear. All right. Um, and you guys will be back to our regularly, regularly scheduled programming this weekend. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.